0: When it comes to hiring the best talent in any industry, there is no recipe or secret sauce for it. Every company, every group, every manager has their own ways and strategies to form a team. It's just like farming an orchestra, where every musician with different instruments should work together in order to form a symphony. When it comes to UX and product industry, things are no different. Even though several researches conducted in the past years show that digital design skills like product and UX designers are very much in demand, there are still a lot of people who find it difficult to grab and seize the opportunity that knocks on their doorsteps. So where is the gap here? We have the talent and we have the open roles, but how can one match the two to land on a perfect job? High demand doesn't mean hiring manager will settle for less than stellar applicants. So you still have to impress, right? A State of Creative Hiring report published by TCG, a specialized staffing service in the U.S., reveals that, surprisingly, 86% of managers find it challenging to get skilled creative and design professionals. Another worrisome area that has emerged over the years is to ensure existing talent stay. 61% of managers said retaining top talent is more difficult today than it was a year ago. They indicated that mid-level professionals with 3 to 8 years experience have the highest turnover rates. You're listening to Rethinking UX Podcast and I'm your host Priya Saraswath. And you might have guessed the topic of today's discussion. Yes, it's all about hiring. In this episode, I'm joined by shitej Janand, Associate Vice President at PTM. Shitej is a passionate design leader with a decade of experience in setting up and leading design teams across industry and academia. I
1: started my design career in 2005. It's been almost 15 years now. Uh, in that process, uh, I've had the chance to uh, work as an individual contributor as well as you know manage teams, uh, build teams from scratch, uh, design teams from scratch. Uh, interestingly, I've also had the chance to look at the uh, student ecosystem when it comes to training people to you know, join the industry. So I've done a lot of corporate uh, trainings. I've done a lot of workshops. I've also built, uh, in fact, uh, uh, build a design school from grounds up. So you understand what is required to, you know, kind of uh, train people who want to eventually join the industry. You know, so design hiring is uh, a lot about envisioning the kind of culture you want to build in the team, and uh, you want to keep that right balance.
0: So let's hear from Shitech what that right balance is and what hiring the best talent really means and how people who are looking for new opportunities should prepare and what should they expect in their next job interview. So thank you so much, Shitech, for joining me today, of course. Uh, Let's start by talking about your experience with how the job market has evolved over the years when it comes to opportunities and creative roles do you think that it has become more competitive over the years especially when it comes to roles like ux and product design
1: that's a great question i think uh, the ux market job market has really evolved Uh, i remember back in 2005 when we started uh, when i started my career uh, there were not many companies who even had opportunities in design and uh, to see it grow from you know those days to where it's today uh, you can sense that journey of evolution that has happened in that world market. Uh, more so, I think it's because more and more companies are valuing design a lot more these days. In fact, any new startup, if we look at when they start their operations, for them, design is the critical factor from day one. And that's the importance when companies start giving to design. You know that the overall value of the discipline in the industry really is high. Uh, what that has resulted in is a lot, a lot, a lot more opportunities for the designer or the person who wants to join the industry, and uh, at the same time, the market has become very competitive for good talent. Right? I think uh, everybody understands the value of design. Uh, so the next thing is everybody wants to get the best talent for design. So that way, the market has become very competitive, a lot more opportunities, and I think um, in design in particular. Uh, or in generally in the whole creative industry, I do feel that uh, because the whole, you know, working independently, freelance culture, you know, working on a contract, short-term projects, uh, culture is so prevalent. Uh, people are always, you know, if you have you know, good enough skills, I think uh, there'll always be opportunity available. So that's the way I see it has evolved from people not knowing about design to today it being very critical piece in that entire growth of the organization.
0: So I think I understand that stakes are high, especially now when, as you talked about, the creative roles like designers are becoming mainstream. But at the same time, we also know that more and more people are enrolling themselves in courses and design schools, right? And in order to get that relevant education background, do you think that it creates a further disparity between demand and supply of people with similar backgrounds in the field and opportunities available in the market?
1: I don't think uh it creates any disparity i think uh you know the best part is uh it's almost like the way i see it it's kind of acts as a leveling field right uh, earlier if you look at it uh, when people were coming from you know well known design institutions then there was an association that you know if you had education formal design education you could probably you know get a job because that was kind of understood that yes you have the design trainings uh what we also understood in the years of evolution of design industry in India generally, was that the entry barrier was very low, right, Into kind of get into the field of design. Uh, because a lot of the emphasis was on, you know, skill based, uh, you know, uh, candidates where whom you can really have good skills. And uh, there were a lot of institutions, a lot of uh, uh, programs which started, which encouraged people to pick up the skills, necessary skills to get a kind of foothold into the design industry. So that was, it kept the people who came from a formal design education background also up their, uh, up their uh, toes because for them also, they know for sure that we have to be really good at a game because otherwise, you know, there's this huge uh, market of people who don't have a formal education in design but still are equally capable of delivering design work uh, could then become a big uh, competitor. So it actually, I feel uh, over the past few years, that kind of uh, you know the leveling field the playing field has been leveled and i think uh, uh, what is also giving uh, you know the companies is an opportunity to have a wider pool of candidates to select from right which where earlier the choices were less because your you know the supply side of candidates was less but now that you have more in supply i think companies also become more uh, selective in the kind of audience in the kind of uh, person who would fit their particular requirements so that's the way i see it
0: Yeah, those are some really good insights. And this is also a perfect segue to our next question. So what are some of the qualities and skills that you think hiring managers look for when it comes to hiring for roles like UX designer or product designer? Or in other words, what's your secret recipe to hire the best talent and how much you think that it can be generalized to overall hiring practices among hiring managers?
1: I think uh, when it comes to hiring, uh, there is no secret recipe. I think uh, everybody has their own way of approaching hiring. Uh, and it is perfectly fine because uh, I do realize that uh, uh, you know, every company has a different approach to design. Right? As much as everybody values design, but people have value in different ways. So for example, you could have a company which really puts design at the same level as the you know business and product so for them they know for sure that design is a very integral part of my you know plans moving forward so they place really high value on design Uh, whereas some company may see design as an enabler or design as a function which enables other teams to function well uh, because if there's no design then you know the other things don't function so for them design becomes a very critical enabling element right and for them that's probably their strategy uh, for some companies, of course, design is seen as an outside thing, which can be done in a separate uh, thing. Of course, those kind of com- companies are reducing a lot more in the industry these days. But uh, you have, um, uh, you know, in the past, it used to be where design was done completely separately from the business folks and from the uh, the technology folks. But now today, if you look at uh, more of them coming together, uh, there's more kind of... Um, coherency between understanding the requirements from the business perspective, from the technology perspective, and seeing where design can really fit into the larger scheme of things. Uh, my personal strategy over the years uh, has been, um, uh, I follow a three-pronged uh, uh, approach uh, to uh, uh, hiring design talent. And uh, for me, like I try to look at uh, three different things. One is your uh, knowledge. Uh, the second is your skill set. And the third is your mindset, right? And uh, KSM, I call it my KSM framework to... Uh, assess uh, design talents and uh, i think for a designer uh, and more so because i'm generally hiring a designer right and i i want to emphasize uh, on the knowledge bit uh, i want to emphasize on the skill set bit i want to emphasize on the mindset bit also right so i try to look for all of them when i uh, interview uh, candidates uh, i do feel that Uh, there are certain things which you can pick up on the job. So, for example, skill sets, which can be learned quickly, can be picked up on the job. Uh, I place kind of a lot uh, lot of value on knowledge, but also uh, you should not be only good at skills, but don't have the basic, some amount of theoretical knowledge about design, some amount of design rationale behind, you know, why you did things, you know, why you chose a particular design, uh, what was the process behind uh, your particular design project which you executed, uh, did you interact with product folks, did you interact with... uh, uh, business folks, did you interact with technology folks? What was your interpretation of those interactions, and how did that help you inform your design? Right, so purely on the knowledge sharing bit between other teams, and how good uh, a candidate is that uh, you know on that front. So that's one thing which I definitely look for. Uh, the second is, of course, your skill set part, right, in terms of your ability to take that entire learning, take that entire knowledge, and then and get it to a stage which becomes like a purely using your skills to design. So that's where your creativity comes into the picture. That's where your you know uh, portfolios. That's where your different tools that you may know come into the picture as well, right? And I think again here with skill set, you know, everyone is of course not expected to know the tools. In fact, we have had hired designers who's probably never worked on the same tools that we use in our organization, uh, but. What happens is, you know, because they're so good with uh, picking up skill sets and picking up tools, we know for sure that, you know, one project and that person will be good to go beyond that. So we don't pay uh, much uh, attention to that part uh, if they don't know a particular tool in in particular. Uh, The third part, which I think is probably the most critical, which uh, often gets uh, a lot of my candidates, uh, you know, kind of don't get through is the mindset bit. I do feel that uh, uh, a designer mindset is kind of different than, probably a technology mindset or a product mindset and right? i think uh, the reason why that you know the notions of being when you talk about human-centered design when you talk about user-centered design when you talk about design thinking uh, all of these really make sure that you know your design mindset right is really evolved and uh, you can sense that you know when a person is uh, in the conversation that you have have uh, when the person is uh, kind of looking at uh, you know things from purely a skills perspective or purely from the interface perspective they're not really going deeper into understanding the uh, the behavior of their users the market you know how markets respond how products you know evolve in the particular markets so all this thing which we eventually we feel that uh, that that kind of develops the designers uh, mindset right curiosity uh, critical thinking and all these things we talk about so i try to evaluate on all these things so first is knowledge the second is your uh, skill set and the third is your uh, the mindset right uh, for me a candidate has to fit has all the right balance amongst all of these three uh, and yeah it is difficult to find uh, because more so when you look at uh, uh, many times sometimes when you look at people who come from pure design schools you know where they're not exposed to people from let's say product background or they're not exposed to people from technology background so their knowledge bit will be low on other things, but they may have a good knowledge of design, but not so much on you know, understanding interaction with other verticals, which are very critical in today's world. Uh, somebody who comes from a non-formal design education will be very good on skills, uh, but kind of poor on the other things, because for them, it's a lot about, you know, delivering interfaces, delivering projects, which are kind of very skilled, skills driven. Uh, somebody who comes from, so there are, in the design field also, we get to see a lot of, um, a lot of uh, candidates who have made the shift from let's say engineering or architecture or fine arts or from other disciplines to get into design and for them you know maybe their attitude and their whole approach to design is very good but then they will fall a little bit short on the uh, minds on the skill set and the knowledge bit so uh, finding the candidate who really fits in somewhere and also as an organization you know that you know uh, there is enough opportunities within my organization to make sure that even if this person joins in an area which is kind of falling less upon, I can probably give him that opportunity and he'll kind of pick up, right? So sometimes also that bet you want to take against a candidate. Uh, but yeah, that's my approach to hiring you know, the whole knowledge, skill set, and mindset.
0: That's great. Um- you touched upon an interesting point that every company has their own process when it comes to hiring for UX roles, right? And like you have uh, your own KPM one. So how can people who are applying for different job opportunities in this market, how can they stay focused rather than getting overwhelmed with what this specific company needs or what that other company needs? How can they stay Focused on what they have, what they have, what they are aiming as, uh, as in their next role, versus like focusing on yeah. what the process looks like. Yeah. So
1: one of the things which I, uh, because you know, I mentor a lot of uh, candidates as well, and uh, sometimes candidates have an you know aspirational company that you want to aspire for. Sometimes, of course, you know, it's just very open ended. Uh, one of the things which I kind of uh, make sure I kind of drive this again and again with candidates is, you have to focus on what you get good at right so if you let's say you get good at your whole you know picking up sufficient depth knowledge about about design sufficient skill sets which helps you to execute a project it helps you to bring projects to life and the third is of course your you know your own approach to design so if you keep working on that uh, on your side you know what is in your control you should definitely you know do it well that's the first tip that i always give to uh, thing uh, candidates uh, and the second thing i feel is even though companies have their own uh, approach to hiring their own approach and own, own purview of design i think what becomes critical for a person or a, or a candidate is to evolve their own fit within that company right so i've had many candidates who have joined a company uh because it looks very glamorous it looks very good on you know on the resume or it looks very good in terms of uh you know from an outside view but the moment they get inside they don't feel satisfied about their work because you know it's not what they're expected and i feel that the, uh, more so in design, it's very hands-on, um, lots of interactions with people. So uh, that kind of you know, uh, makes a lot of candidates feel uh, uh, kind of uh, dissatisfied with the work that they're doing. So uh, I think what really helps is if a candidate can really spend some time in trying to do a little bit more research about a particular company they are focusing on. Right. So for example, if let's say I'm interested in a, working in a fintech company or if I'm interested in working in a health tech company, uh, i would probably spend some time in trying to understand the health tech, health uh, health tech landscape right and trying to understand what are things that are happening out there you know what what are the different trends what are the you know the kind of things that's that the industry generally is focusing on that particular industry uh you know what is the organization's purview towards that so doing some amount of homework really helps uh, and secondly which i think is probably the most important thing. Is to understand that how does my past experience as a candidate like you know how does my past experience fit into that organization's strategies or you know vision of more going, going forward Right, because we have to understand that when uh, when a organization hires a candidate they hire it with the vision that yes this person is going to with me remain with me for some more time uh, so you the visions or your approach to the design has to align together right so uh, sometimes i feel that uh, we the candidates don't spend enough time uh, doing some homework about uh, companies that they are aspiring to get into. Uh, and that is something which, you know, if people start doing a lot more, I think there will be more uh, satisfaction in the way they approach it. And that kind of would, would reduce their uh, uh, kind of, a, sometimes, sorry, anxiety also. Right? So it would reduce the anxiety towards applying towards a particular company without not knowing what to expect for. So that's the way I kind of uh, look at this.
0: It was spot on. You talked about like doing the research beforehand before you apply for, e- before even you apply for a new role in any company, doing your due research on what that company does and how you will fit in that bigger picture is super important. I'll shift the topic a little bit here and I wanted to talk about another area which is equally important when it comes to hiring, which is to retain talent. So, this question is more for managers who are hiring. How can you think hiring in a long term? <laughs> it should be a long term strategy rather than fulfilling the immediate need of a project or a role that you are trying to fill for just a ask that's been emerged right now how will you ensure that people who got hired can see themselves contributing to success for the long term and so they are not dissatisfied like after one or two years
1: unfortunately that uh, this happens in industry where you know when there is too many opportunities available i think people uh, uh, start to value uh, multiple things right and i think we have so there are two ways to look at it right uh, the first thing is when you look at uh, a candidate's perspective second thing is to look at an organization's perspective right um so when i look at a candidate's perspective uh i should look at uh you know an organization where if i'm perhaps you know spending my time there uh, how does it fit into my you know short term and my long-term strategies right so when i say short term some strategies in terms of what do i want to get out of my role at an organization right uh, many times when i do let's say hiring and after the candidate has joined i think in the very beginning or even during your monthly one-on-ones i try to set that expectations or try to understand the expectations which is basically the aspiration that the candidate may have right so uh, if an aspiration of a candidate is to and there could be different kind of aspirations right so there are people who would join a job purely from a learning perspective, there were people who would job purely from a financial gain perspective. Uh, there are, you know, people who would join just to work with a certain team member, you know, so work with certain uh, uh, person, you know, I've had people reach out to me saying that they want to work specifically with, let's say, you know, me or with somebody else. So they, they could be that kind of candidate as well, right? So I think every candidate has different aspirations why they join a company. So when during the interview process, when you talk and and it's a way to also assess whether the candidate has done sufficient research about the company or not, right? Uh, when you when you as a candidate you uh, kind of express that you know this is what my initial at least my uh, uh, approach to you know joining this company is, um, and over the year I know that this person if we you know uh, spend enough time and because a company will invest their energies and will invest their uh, uh, you know the uh, overall. Uh, uh, obviously there's financials involved, but at the same time also a lot of energy into training that person, getting there. So I think from and then secondly, from the company's perspective, if you look at it, uh, a company is also mindful that yes, in the industry, there are probably more opportunities uh, that uh, was ever before, right? So more opportunities than ever before. So I think for companies also to start believing that yes, in case uh, a candidate leaves, right? Can I, is that candidate replaceable? You know, in a very short span of time. So when companies also start planning that phase, uh, I think that really helps the organization also to understand that uh, if a candidate leaves, there is always a possibility that you know there is somebody else who can take the thing without much of a hit on the overall uh, timelines and the, and the project work. So uh, uh, it's it's more like you know it's the reality which companies have to more understand that uh, if the talent has got uh, sufficient knowledge, sufficient skill set, and that is kind of uh, uh, a driving factor for which you had had that person uh, the probability I feel that uh, the, the candidate may leave in a couple of years time or maybe th- you know, two to three for four years time is very high so at some point of time you should also start you know building your team accordingly I feel right and so that's the company's perspective one is of course ideally every company wants a person to stay for you know longer period of time but realistically speaking as the time evolves a, a candidate's aspiration also keeps evolving right so Somebody, my aspiration might be to you know, work with a large company, pick up skills, and then, you know, then work with somebody else. Or somebody might be, if, you know, I want to spend here my time and, you know, spend like 10 years down the line, uh, just working in this ecosystem. So candidates, aspirations evolve. I think when the organizations or the, you know, the uh, companies don't assess the aspirations on a periodic level, just to understand whether the aspirations have changed and whether I as a company can, you know, change my offerings to that candidate based on his changing aspirations. Uh, that is where I realized that the problem starts to happen. So that's the way I kind of look at it. And it also helps you as a you know design leader to always uh, uh, plan your uh, resources right better.
0: Thanks for letting us into your world to uncover some common questions around hiring, Shitej. Finally, uh, just a couple of recommendations if you would like to share for people who are either pondering a career move or they're trying to get their first break in the design industry. We all know preparation is key. But when it comes to job interviews, what that preparation should involve, like any tips or tricks that you would like to share? Uh,
1: so one of the recommendations which I give to a lot of candidates when I whom I mentor is uh, uh, just be well-read. You know, I think that's something uh, we underestimate the value of being well-read. Uh, uh, so there's one, of course, the design theory bit, but it generally being well-read about the trends in design, what's there in the market. Uh, A lot of times I face the situation when you are coming from a service industry and want to get into product industry, but you're not aware about how a product industry functions, right? So that transition is going to be so difficult. So somebody who's coming here, definitely be well-read in terms of the market you're about to enter in terms of the domain that you're about to enter. That is one. Uh, The second thing I feel is, you know, we designers do a lot of uh, uh, disservice by not presenting our work well in terms of both orally as well as, you know, documenting our work. So I think, you know, people need to document their work better. Uh, you may have done a great job, but if you've not documented it, you will not be able to present it to a, you know, hiring manager or to a, you know, a hiring panel. Uh, and I think that's where, you know, a lot of good candidates miss out on as well. So, yeah, those two tips I kind of, you know, look at uh, specifically and I would like to, you know, provide to other people as well.
0: So that was Shitaj sharing his learning and experience on how to hire the best talent in UX industry. Hope you like this episode. This podcast is an initiative of Rethinking UX Community, a community of people from all walks of product life. Feel free to check out our website and LinkedIn page to know more. Thanks for listening in and I'll catch you in our next episode. Till then, take care.